happening, Brian? What's happening, Mac? Dude, it has been a – is New York Minute fast or slow? A New York Minute is fast. Because remember, in a New York Minute. Yeah. Ooh, okay, so it's been a – Everything can change. Don, a Don, hot Don, minute. Don Henley. It has been a hot minute. That's a, a, that's a good minute. one. Hot minute. That's what I was going for. I've and never it, understood New York. It's been a Mississippi minute. It's been a Mississippi minute. You can that's take your sweet time to quote Steve Azar. Benji Davis Project. Is that deal? <laughs> well, no, I, I, I was. They sing a song called Mississippi, and it's my favorite song about oh. this state, and I love it. So. There are some good songs about Mississippi since we're talking about that. You got that one. You had Jamie Davis and Soul Gravy did Mississippi oh, Moon. Uh, Mississippi Moonshine. Then uh, I get emotional during the John Anderson Moonshine. of Seminole Wind fame has a song called Mississippi Moon. And Rhymes with Orange, uh, one of my favorite local bands of all time, had a song <laughs> called The Mississippi Song. Steve Suttis sang about playing high school soccer on that team. Who is Missis- Who does Mississippi Queen? Is that Confederate Railroad? No, Big Mountain? No, no, uh, mm-hmm. no, no, it's not Big Mountain. Grand Funk Railroad. Mississippi Queens. No. <laughs> no. I don't, dude, I don't know. Confederate, you know what's funny? The, I don't know why I said Confederate I, Railroad. I, I, man, they like their women just a little on the <laughs> trashy side. Uh, but my thing about, the thing about uh, Confederate Railroad in an age of political correctness and now, Mountain, that's who sings Mississippi Mountain. Mountain. Not okay. Big Mountain. Big Mountain sings Baby I Love Your Way, the remake, you know, ooh, the reggae version. Oh, it's so amazing, yeah. too. Yeah. From our, our my junior high years or elementary years, yeah. Oh, dude, that's, that's, all right, I'm going to get emotional. All right, so anyway, <laughs> anyway, speaking of Mississippi, Pirates of the Mississippi sang the song Feed Jake. And see, here's the thing about Feed Jake. You either love it or you hate it. I love it. I just th- I think it's not a good song, but I love it. You know, that's just the way it is. So <laughs> anyway. What a start. Yeah. What a hot start. We have not seen each other in so long, and here we go, just Forgive rambling Forgive us on. if we chew the fat a little bit. Yeah, for sure. We just Speaking of chewing, man, we just had some, some dank food. Uh, oh. So I t- I'll tell a little bit of a story here. McKinley and I like to support local. And uh, right now on Mondays, the uh, the, the curbside and carryout uh, industry here locally is kind of on pause. They kind of pick it yes. up Wednesday, you know, just Correct. kind of save some, some overhead and stuff. But uh, we're making masks at Blue Delta, and I have a room full of uh, workers in there. And uh, they have kind of come, they have come up with their own like capitalistic society in there. Um, we got folks that come in selling drinks for lunch, yaritos and agua frescas. If you get my drift, uh, we got uh, porque. Yeah, <laughs> I get uh, I get a lot of uh, que pasa, mi amigo, and I'm like, ah, man, I'm doing good. <laughs> but uh, they're really cool folks. But um, they uh, we have a, a woman, Miss Yvonne. She's a, a, a short his- Hispanic lady, and she's just sweet. She um. She makes tamales and she brings them every Monday, and she uh, does pork and chicken. And man, fourteen bucks for a dozen—it's this legit. This is my second week in a row to get them. I just them. got to sample both, and let me tell you, they were top notch. Would you consider what you just did a sample? You smorgasbord. No, I did. I did not sample anything. I, I embellished, <laughs> if anything. I mean, I fully engorged myself with. with uh, I did too. Myself. Friday is chimichanga day, so another lady either makes uh, she makes shrimp chimichangas and. Oh chicken and they're fantastic you know oh. i mean it's also good and they give you queso to dip your you know white queso to dip your chimichanga and it's good stuff but brian took it to another level he went by wendy's and got us some chili to put on top and then i took it to another level by letting him know that i do philly style on my chili which is mustard and hot sauce and i've tried the mustard and hot sauce on my tamales tonight and i will say i am a fan well the hot sauce thing is a south lee problem it's just i put hot sauce on everything so it's just something i'll always do well, well you know i guess this is kind of 
going back to talking about the curbside service and stuff in the in the pandemic. We're at about week six or seven. Yeah. Something yeah. in that when the pandemic here in the area and you came off quarantine. I did. Tell the world about quarantine, McKinley. Quarantine sucks, man. Uh, it, it is brutal. Uh, so on my last day of all days, get, get this right. So my last day at the funeral home was March 30th. I was on call. And just so happened, my last night on quarantine, or last night at the funeral home as on-call employee, I get a death call. They're at the uh, hospital, and it just so happens to be a patient who has died from coronavirus. It was like one of the first, like, four or five right. in the area. And uh, so I'm like, okay, great. Uh, so I get a call from the answering service, and then when I get to the hospital, this is before they've done all protocol and everything, and, like, I'll get into this in a minute. I almost cut my finger wide open, so I've been to the ER since then. They're much more prepared now for this. But, like, you know, one of those first nights, you know, I don't I don't know what they're doing. So, of course, I go to the funeral home. I get all my PPE on, and then I get to the hospital, and they require me to put more PPE It's on. like a hazmat suit. Literally, I look like Dustin Hoffman in Outbreak doing my job at 11 o'clock like, at night. <laughs> I was about to say, Michael J. Fox's character in Back <laughs> to the Future. <laughs> Dude, literally. <laughs> he was in the barn. Which I've got to tell you, and it, it's utmost respect and courage to, to the medical workers across America because the one thing I learned in that hour and a half, I cannot begin to tell you how uncomfortable all that stuff is right at one time. Now the mask is, you know, it's a little irritating itself, but you can get used to it. The gloves not so bad. When you've got to put that full regalia on of the, I'm telling you, it's like man, a medical beekeeper suit, dude. It, I, I, like it's hot, it's itchy, you get claustrophobic. It's just, oh, it's brutal. It's so brutal. But um, as a precaution, my my new employer, VHR in Oxford, uh, you know, I, I I had to tell them, you know, I'm, I'm working with nurses there, teaching them driver's ed, so. It's one of those situations I couldn't get 14 nurses sick. I mean, that was, you know, we're trying to keep them healthy so they can go fight this thing. Yeah, for sure. So he he called me back three hours later, Jim Wallington, great guy. And he said, look, man, uh, you know, for two weeks we need you to quarantine and, you know, we're going to pay you. So, you know, keep to yourself. That's good. The financial security was there Oh, no. And, really I, and, I, and I, told, I said, Jim, for sure. even if you weren't going to pay me, I totally would understand why. And, but, you know, it's a great company and – uh, man, I got a lot done, uh, and that was what I was going to kind of tell you. I picked up some hobbies. Oh, you tell me what you've been doing, I'll tell you what I've been doing. I think our I think our pandemics have been a little different. <laughs> a, little, a little, yeah. Uh, so, we chatted beforehand. <laughs> so, uh, one thing I asked you before we got on the podcast, do you like spicy stuff? Yeah, and I do. Movie caddy and So, uh, on day one of quarantine, you know, it's prototypical. You, li- I literally did not walk outside. I stuck my arm out to get groceries that my sister had picked up for me and my mail out of my mailbox. That's it. That's the only daylight I saw. Day two, I went out and mowed my yard. Day three, I'm like, okay. I feel like. It's, yeah, I don't feel bad. I'm asymptomatic. I don't think I have it. This is precaution. I'm going to proceed as usual. That doesn't mean I went into every store in Tupelo. It just means, I mean, I kept I, have kept, I kept to myself the whole two weeks. But I knew I had to figure out how to do some stuff. So I picked golf back up. And since April 1st, I have probably played somewhere between 10 and 15 rounds of golf. Good for you. Where have you been playing? Bel Air. Man, it's, the, be- it's the best. So awesome. It's the best. Great people up there. I've known it. them for a long 28 time. 28 bucks for a cart and a round, right? Or might have, might have, might have a yeah, pandemic. 25. Yeah, okay. 25 uh, for 18. Yeah. And, and just... 
And uh, not to slide any others, but right now it is the second best looking golf course in this county. And you know, I, I know some folks in the golf industry. Uh, got local guy George Jones. Yeah, uh, and he, he says yeah. he's and that's funny. His name's George Jones, yeah, but, yeah. He was, but he says you know, pound for pound, it's the best course around. Like like it's just beautiful well, like, the way it's laid out. I mean. It's in the middle of a great old historic neighborhood in Tupelo. It's only nine holes. You just play it twice. But you can play from one fairway over like I do. Oh, you know and it's, I mean? you yeah. know, and it's, it's open. It's not that hard. So if you're a novice golfer and you can, I can attest to the amount of people. I went twice this weekend. The amount of people out there, I mean, you can tell people are, are trying to get the best bang for their buck. For sure. But golf is one thing I've taken up. And I did that on about day three or four quarantine. But about day seven, about a weekend, I'm kind of getting cabin fever, and it's just mow the yard, walk the dogs, golf, eat. That's it. So I knew I had to keep myself active. I have taken up canning. Yes. And Grandma Loach would be so happy with you right now. I had uh, made my first batch, okay. and it was not as good as the next batches are going to be. But I am in the process of candying jalapenos. Thank you. And Thank Brian, you, so you will get a jar of these around July the 15th. I love it. Man, I love and, it. And it's, it's a really easy process. I Googled how to do it because I actually had some jalapenos in an omelet one morning. I was like, man, this omelet, it was one of the best omelets I'd made. I mean, it was just, it was phenomenal. But it was just, I don't know why it was missing. And I'm going to tell you what inspired this. The night you and I did the podcast and had PVT, 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 and they have candied jalapenos in there with the hot honey, Yeah, I said, I have got to have that taste in my mouth. Because that pizza is so good. You got the char, cup and char mm-hmm. sweet. pepperoni that gives you that hard, savory Italian taste, and then you get that sweet, hot bite of that of that jalapeno. I was like, what is that? And I was like, can't, I, so I looked it up on their menu. I was like, candied jalapeno. I bet I can do that. My good friend Kevin McGregor from Pontotoc. He has he pickles a lot of stuff, and he would always bring and sell me stuff that he had made. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try to figure this out. So I Googled it. Uh, I made a two-and-a-half-week jar. Okay. But you get your best results if you wait a couple of months. Right. So my two-and-a-half-week jar was good, but it was still a little too hot. Uh, and I gave some away. I gave some to Will and Laura, and Will called me and was like, dude, I, I'm, I'm burning. And I was like, yeah, me too, man. It's going way too hot. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited about it. I tweaked my recipe, so I mean you can Google all the recipes are basic, but I did a little something, little something extra on mine. So if it turns out really good, I'm not going to say anything. But if it turns out just like the rest of them, then I'll tell you what it is. Okay, you may can figure it out anyway. But around mid July, be prepared for it. Yeah, if you're ever down in Georgia around about July, (laughs) you ain't in a hurry. You got to stop by. I can guarantee (laughs) that you're going to have a ball. And if you drink, don't drive. (laughs) Do the watermelon crawl. Soft tossed me that one. <laughs> I know I did. So, well, man, that, I want I want to make a comment. Sure. Um, you look good. Thank you. You lost some weight. I can tell you've done a really good job during your uh, hardest your quarantine. thing ever. Man. Uh, you ain't joking, man, because I have done nothing but stress eat. And, man, it's and so hard it's, not uh, to, man. And I kind of thought, like, here's what I need to do in case I get the coronavirus. I need to be like, you know, fattened up, <laughs> yeah, so I can do this. But my problem is I don't have much time to eat during the day at work. Because I'm just so busy so right now. So you stuff it at so, night. Yeah. So, well, I ate, I ate, a, I ate a, something really unhealthy at lunch. Like, you know, there's not much to choose from in South Lee County. I got Down Home Cooking, Brewer Grocery. Hardy's. Is Down Home back open? No, but I'm saying, but I mean, God, I mean, I but, but what, what I mean is like it's all unhealthy-ish. Oh, oh of course. You know, yeah, so everything in that area. It's big and it's heavy. So, you know, and, and I don't really like going to the grocery store right now and getting healthy foods. I'm with you. I just you. want to stay out of there, you know yeah. what I mean, if I need to. Um but, yeah, I, I haven't necessarily put on any, any of the weight I lost, but I just feel unhealthier. 
You know what I mean? Because oh, yeah. I'm not going to the gym right now. Well, and that's one thing I've had to do because I have been snacking so much, being home more. So I've just increased how much more I do to work it off. And that's, I, that's the only thing you can do. You know, the, the rule, the thing is, you know, you'll make time for what's important. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Man, I haven't been able to make time and for it's it. Ha- yeah, because I mean, it hadn't been on top of I'm working, working 12 hour days. I'm awake for, you know, 15 or 16 at the factory or like getting ready to go to work. And, you know, by the time I get home, I'm worn out. And then I'm just ready to do the next day. I got to get up at 4.30. Got to right. be there at 6 or before. You know what I mean? You know, we got – it's just – it's a it's the, the, the temperature of the room has changed a little bit. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You know, um, it blew up to him. Um, it's been awesome. I mean, I've made – we as a team have made millions of masks. Man, Face y'all, y'all are absolutely um, killing it. Know, and y'all, y'all, y'all deserve every bit of recognition you're getting well, for I appreciate it that. And we, uh, we've, I think we've done a lot of good. And uh, we're doing some really cool stuff now with, like, uh, logoed masks. Nice. So, I mean, there's a lot of entities out there that are going to be starting back athletic events and stuff. Give me and Dak Prescott once he gets Well, I don't know if I can do that, but I might be able to get you a Bacardi <laughs> one or Tito's Vodka, you know. <laughs> like, we have those pocket bags. I sent I sent some to our friend Andy Frasco with his logo. Um, you know, um, but yeah, we're, we're just we're, – we're really feeling a need right now, and it's been, it's been fun. Um, but I'll say this. My pandemic – my life hasn't changed, and I don't know if yeah. I, I don't know if that's good or bad. You know what I mean? Like what I, what I mean by that, it, it has changed socially. Sure, you know sure. what I mean. Like I, 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 I can't absolutely. go, I can't, you know, uh, I mean, you know, can't go get a drink. You know, what I mean, got to call in food. Uh, church is yeah. not meeting right now, right? Um, you know, like you and I have talked about in a previous podcast. Uh, started started seeing somebody. Can't take them out on dates. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you know, it's just kind of dating. You know, started dating again sure. during the pandemic. Absolutely, not been easy uh, to try to pull that off, but making the best of it um you know uh but i've been working so much more yeah i i've have been socially i've have been physically distant from people but not socially distant yeah i mean i'm still in well, and you and you know your 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 time's occupied and that's 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 what's important during all this because i know people that are literally sitting at their house right now waiting to see what's going to happen and you know i mean the my stress level is through the roof for everything that I can't control. And what I mean by that is, man, my own personal life is awesome. Yeah, What's sure. going on with Brian Baldwin is cool. My, I still got my best friends in the world. Right, no I doubt. I got people like you, and I knew we were going to do the podcast again. And, you know, my siblings are all healthy. And, man, and I, I don't have one friend or friendly acquaintance that I know of that has really gotten sick. Same you know, I mean, that we know of. Yep. You know, um, and, you know, like I said, uh, a lot has been going good. But, you know, now I got to worry about, 30 people sewing who are what are they doing at night are they washing their hands before they come in this factory oh i know Do you have your hairnet on where's your mask where are your gloves you know i mean it's just like yeah. it's a constant grind and you know uh not getting much sleep it's kind of wearing on me so i'm ready for it to get back to normal yeah but but um but with that being said it hadn't been the end of the world no and, I, and i'll tell you what i i'm about to say some things here that are going to sound crazy to you and to the people listening to the podcast but i'm going to tell you some things i really hadn't missed I haven't missed sports, and I know that's crazy. Uh, I've missed the Grizzlies. Sure. I, you know, I missed the, the actual basketball tournament. Right. Um, I missed the aspect of my fantasy league with my friends and having that draft. But, man, if it means that we're all going to be a little bit healthier, you know what I mean, and, and the world can maybe get back to normal pretty quickly, I'm okay yeah. with what's going on right now. Yeah. But I, but I haven't missed it. I've been so busy, and I've been doing new things, um, you know, like uh, just like I said – meditating if that makes sense not necessarily sitting there with my legs crossed and doing a, a, a weird chant but like thinking of things oh dude to no doubt will things with my mind to happen uh planning trying to be more yes. organized um yeah i mean it's uh 
uh, more uh, conversations with friends. Like the other night when the NFL draft came on, I was really excited about the NFL draft. But I wasn't so much excited about that. I was more excited that the guys in my big group chat were going to get together on a Zoom call just to talk. You know yeah. what I mean? Like just like you know, there's things like that. How amazing is Zoom? It is. It's so good. And I would have never my, done my, it in my life Zoom. until this. I had, I had one with my returning players, Microsoft and Teams. You know, it's, it's a amazing. Big deal. And, you know, and I think what I miss about the sports is everybody else loving it. I, I miss yeah. the conversation that it involved. Yeah. But you know, I, I haven't missed it. And I know it sounds crazy, and I know everybody because I, I really thought I would. But what I have missed is the ability to hang out with people. Yeah, more so than anything. You know, I joked with Cal Hurd. Uh, somebody talked about a horse game. Uh, Dalton Middleton. So oh, yeah, what yeah, guy, yeah. What, what player locally would win a horse game? Or would you like to sit in Gore? Chimed in. Well, I'll take my guy, Brian Baldwin. Well, a couple of folks mentioned me and whatever, and, I, you know, it was funny, but Kyle messaged me, and he said, I've seen enough talk about Brian Baldwin. I want to <laughs> challenge you. And we were just kind of joking back and forth, and I said, but i tell you what, Kyle, you probably beat me in a horse game, but i tell you what, I will never miss a Sunday that you invite me to play pickup. Right. Ever again. You know what I mean? I, you know, when somebody says, hey, man, can you want to meet up here and go to Strangebrook and get some coffee? Yes. Yeah. Hey, uh, football game on Friday night. You want to you come out? Or uh, Ole Miss game on We got the yeah. fish house Friday on Friday night. Yeah. Ole Miss game on Saturday. I got an extra ticket. You want to go? Yes. When you invite me to go down to Davis Wade? 100%. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I agree. It's, it's, it's almost like Jim Carrey. Yes, man. I'm, I'm going to be really yeah. reluctant to tell people no. Even, even the – Peripheral folks, right? You know I mean, hey man, I got an extra c- ticket to this concert. You want to go tonight? Sure, I don't really know about the band. Let me just go. I want to check it out. I want to do something new. And it hadn't been because I've been cooped up. I just missed the experience. Sure, I would love to have an overpriced beer at a concert right now. Well, and you know what else kind of plays into that too is is nothing is scheduled ever, but like Zoom chats don't provide things that happen that make you laugh. You know, in person. You know, it. You know, there's there's stuff you don't get to see day to day. Like, there's things. You know, I've been working in Oxford. One of the most amazing things to me when I started working was because we're in Drivers Ed, so that's all we do is drive around Oxford. Right. One of the coolest things we like I thought was always so cool is watching the city of Oxford work and just walk around the square and lawyers go to get lunch and like you kind of look at it's a like, machine in its own. It, yeah, you know. But you know, I, I saw I saw Mayor Robin Robin Tannehill on the uh, courthouse steps today doing an interview when we were driving. I mean, just it's just weird, man. It's just it, it's like that's not right. Why is why you know it? I don't know, you know. Yeah, I, you know. I, and, and before we move on, because you know we we do need, we have a lot of stuff we can actually talk about for sure, once other than yeah. the virus. But you know, like you and I talked about a few weeks ago, it has changed things. Yeah, there are going to be things that were not uh, prominent that. Will be, for instance, I want to make a bold prediction. Look for the resurgence in the drive-in movie theater business. I hope so. There's a good one in Memphis that's been running. Oh yeah, I'm the first chance I get. I'm going on a date to that thing, dude. Not nah, good for you. I'm, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I'm going to go to the drive-in. That's going to be you. like 1980. I'm going to sit there. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, I even when everything's turned back on, I don't know how close we all want to be to each other if we don't have to be. Yeah, strangers. That is. I'm cool True. with being okay with you. I mean, you know, you know I'm what I mean? gonna be honest with you. I've always like so. Here's here's how, this is how I operate from a physical perspective as far as close close personal proximity. I'll give you an example. Saturday, I played golf. Mm-hmm. When I got back, I got crawfish up here at uh, Southern Green Bugs. Gloucester. Yeah. Southern Bugs, yeah. And uh, they don't mandate it, you know, like a stand this far behind. But I got to thinking about it. I walked up. There's a guy at the window. I'm the next person. 
I thought about this last year, this same time when there's no pandemic going on. I still would probably stand five feet behind that guy. Sure. Just, I don't know. Like, with strangers, I always distance myself a little bit. Now, if I love you, I'm going to put hands on you. Yeah. We're going to handshake, hug it out, yeah. and you know. And it don't matter who you are. If I, if I know you well and I consider you a friend sure. or family, we're hugging, we're hand-fiving everything. But if I don't know you, I want I, I just naturally, I guess I'm like that. Same way. But, you know, I, you and I are like in that vein right there. I, I like my own personal space, but now if I know yeah. you, I'm going to hug you. Yeah, I'm, I'm a hugger. Yeah, I mean, that's I the way too. I am. You know, and I'm affectionate. And even if you don't want to be, like – Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Those like, are the best people to hug. Like like, like Chris Vanderford doesn't want to hug. I'll give you a great example. Get out of the list. Shout out to Chris Vanderford. Oh, our guy, our guy. Chris the Vanderford. band is back together. Going back to South Pontotoc to be the head boys basketball coach. His alma mater, his second time there. He's uh, percentage wise the most successful basketball coach I've ever had there in boys. Uh, made the playoffs. I think and every year he was continue. there. That will continue there. He's going to have it do a good job. And I really look forward to going back to Springville for a lot of basketball games this year. I look forward to going to Springville at about five, catching the girls' game, catching the boys' game, and then hopping in the vehicle and meeting our boys at Hometown Pizza. Hometown Pizza. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Give me some M cheese sticks. But, uh, but no, but, anyway, but yeah, Chris's not a hugger. I'll tell you but, yeah. about the hugging. <laughs> so at the Jason Aldean Morgan Wild and Riley Green concert, we got a block of 16 tickets. Dr. Fragan, who uh, has done multiple surgeries on my mother, my dad, knee replacements. Right. When I had my major knee issue, and, I mean, of course, I just had the slice tears in the meniscus, so it wasn't that bad. He gave me the shot, but that's the first time I'd ever met him. But I met him. We had a great conversation in the in the office, the doctor's office. I saw him for the first time after that, like two months later, at the concert. He came up to say hello to Will and Laura and all of us. Laura taps me on the shoulder and said, Mac, you remember Dr. Fagan? I put hands on him. I mean, yeah. I shook his hand and said, hey, man, I'm a, you know, we had a good chat at the office. Of course, I was uh, under the influence, obviously, of I was intoxicated, but but at the same time, it was so happy. And I was, he was just like, whoa, whoa, man, you okay? And I was like, man, it is so good to see. <laughs> so I'm that guy, man. I'm that guy. Well, but, you know, and that's the thing, that too. Like, even though you and I might not do much with strangers – you know what I mean? Like in terms of physical uh, uh, distance and stuff like that, we are at places where there are a lot of people. True. Concerts, football games, basketball games, yes. church services, and that's another thing. You know what I mean? We know those people. Yeah. So you know, I would expect the the uh, online church services to continue to be a bigger thing. Yeah. I think folks will come back to the church in droves in the south. And they're killing it, by the way. And and I've been oh, able to watch the Orchard on YouTube TV man, every Sunday those morning. Those guys I do love good. it. Brother Matt and them do a good job yes, at First Baptist. Do. He put out a really awesome video the other day on Facebook. Uh, Brother Matt, his son Judah, passed away a couple years ago, and he and his wife's going through cancer right now right. while pregnant. And he put all and he's 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 such a humble guy, but he, he's a talented guy. And he sang a song uh, and played the piano. And he was before he was he was prefacing his song. He was like. I'm going to sing this song in memory of my son Judah, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, but uh, I want you to guys know I'm more of a choir singer. I'm not a soloist. And then he sang, and it was just beautiful. That's I was like, amazing. man, you get out of here. Shut like, up with get all out that. Here. such a good You're guy. You're the guy that is, is humble during karaoke and then goes up and crushes Journey <laughs> like or Huey something. Lewis. And, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, that movie. <laughs> but anyway, but, but I think things like that are going to be a big deal. Um, things that might change, though, like bowling alleys. You know, uh, 
that's different. Yeah. I mean, where everybody's touching the same ball. Sure. You know, yeah. I, I think movie theaters are okay because they got more space between seats. Well, you know, now. they got the new yep. stadium seating. Yep. So, I, I mean, think theaters will be okay. Sure. Driving movie theater will be okay. Restaurants are going to be a little different. Yep. Even though you can sit with people you know, um, it's, it's going to be a little different. Every other table, maybe. Yeah. I've you, seen and, a lot of people. And you know, one, one thing that I'm really interested in is the club scene. And what I mean by that is not necessarily like for my own whatever, but like right. how is the library going to respond in Oxford? Ooh. What does game weekend look like now in the Grove? You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's just it's a good know, question. Is it more important now to go party or is it more important to go park and walk in that game and watch the team? Like, I mean, for me, for instance, if I get a ticket, I want to mask them with my ticket. I want to be able to walk in and sit there and watch the game. I don't care yeah. about the Grove anymore. Like I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's just. Na- I mean, it's natural to want to think that way. It's, I think getting people in the stands is going to be. Let me see. I'm going to put this. The ones who are going to want to be there are really going to be there. Oh yeah. And the ones who aren't, who are always kind of lukewarm and just kind of went because you know whatever. Yeah. No, I'm just going to watch it at home now. I mean, like that's that's yeah. gonna, there's going to be a it's lot of those real, folks. And you know, I think the ticket ticket cost. But one thing I do like about that is 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 that is that I think that it's going to decrease ticket costs for the average fan, not your season ticket holder. So like the dad that you know works at Cooper Tire that wants to take his two boys to see the Rebels, he may be able to be able to do that for an affordable price for a pretty good seat now. Yeah, you know, I mean. Because, like you said, I think that you're going to see some considerably smaller crowds. I agree. Um, one thing that will be interesting about season tickets, like you were talking about, is this the time to waive the donation process? hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like, hundred percent. I mean, I, I mean I, if you're the university, yeah, I think you're kind of skeptical of doing it because you need the money. I mean, you, you, universities are bleeding right now because they, you know, they're bleeding money because they they don't have it coming in. There's nothing to watch. And it really hurts places like Ole Miss and Mississippi State who have extremely competitive baseball teams who are, you know, they're getting 30,000 people worth of ticket cost every weekend, and it's not there. No. You know, it's, and they're not, nobody's spending money in the concession stand. So, I mean, I think it's probably unique to each university. Yeah. You know, I mean, I bet if you're Alabama, you ain't waving that donation because then people are coming regardless. Well, yeah, and, and there's going to be people who are excited to get – Able to donate there, you know what I mean. It's, it's like somebody trying to buy the. It's kind of like somebody trying to buy Packer stock, a Packer share. You know what I mean? Exactly like, cool. Right. We're not going to drop the price ever because even if we don't play football for the next ten years, somebody's going to pay. Waitlist is twenty five years long anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Why yeah. not? You know. Well, you know, I guess all this little bit of sports talk kind of segues us to some other things we could talk about, which is actually sports. <laughs> Amazing, right? <laughs> Four straight days of sports. You kidding? Crazy things that have happened. Um, you know, baseball talk is kind of getting underway. Yep. And uh, I'm sorry for that blasphemous statement earlier to everybody about I didn't miss sports. But what I mean is I didn't miss it as much as I thought I would. Yeah. Let's say that. There's other interests that have peaked. But with, like sleep. I need a lot more sleep <laughs> these days. But uh, but no, the sports is kind of becoming a big deal. Um, we've we've got Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay. Yes. Grant joining him. This is just a big F you to Bill Belichick, right? I think so. I think, he re- I think they genuinely love Robert Kraft. Like he was always their guy. Yeah, he was the guy. He, like and he was he yeah. was a, he was an organization first guy, but I think yeah. he put Tom above, above everybody above the organization. Sure did. And Bill didn't like that. Yeah. So I mean, what wh- what what do you think happens with them going forward? Is this the end? Do they have time to retool, or do they try to go Popovich style with the Spurs and fill in some gaps and stay competitive? Well, I mean, offensively, I mean they're the best team in the NFL right now. Talking about the season. Talking about Tampa Bay. Yes. Yeah. Are were you asking me about? I was New asking England? about New England. Oh, New England. Before we get to Tampa Bay, this this will be incredible, and and here's why I think so. 
you if you're Bill Belichick, you're about to go through something that no professional sports coach has ever gone through. Think about this. Yeah. Top three tight end of all time leaves you. And then what a lot of people consider the best quarterback of all time mm-hmm. leaves you. The people – and it's important for Tom Brady to have a great season in Tampa too because so many years in New England, people said, well, it's Belichick's system. It's the system. He had Randy Moss and he had Wes Welker and, you know, so forth and so on. And, you know, the Patriots are always – they're kind of like the St. Louis Cardinals. It's, there's the Cardinal way. There's the Patriot way. You know, there's, there, there's a way that they do things that make them better than everybody else. So it's a true testament to figure out how are the Patriots going to be. Right now, they do not look like a good football team on paper. They don't. They really don't. They don't really. They hadn't really looked good the past few years outside of Tom Brady, Gronk, and then a few oh, yeah. of the wide receivers. You know. So what I mean? if I, and this is this is just me, if I'm Robert Kraft, if I'm Bill Belichick, I roll with Jarrett Stidham at quarterback, and I take Trevor Lawrence first overall in okay. 2021. Okay. And restart the process. So you don't patch doing, it up with a guy like Cam Newton. Well, you know what here's I mean? the thing. I th- I think that. The Patriots have always been so good about taking controversial players and make. And here's what they do: this they did they do a better job of anything if anybody at this. You take a Randy Moss, and you tell him we do things here a certain way. If you can do that, you're going to have extreme success individually and us as a team. If you don't, we're going to kick you to the curb. For Antonio sure. Brown, prime example. So I say that to say if you take Cam Newton right now, he has a great year, gets them to nine and seven on a playoff berth, which nobody would expect. You're setting a precedent that either one Cam has grown up some and really, really is starting to take coaching and not think of himself so much, or you kick him to the curb. But you right. waste a year in the process and you get yourself out of the Trevor Lawrence, Justin Field sweepstakes. One thing about football that's different than basketball, per se, in the draft process yeah. is in basketball, you really need. The earlier picks. Oh yeah, 100%. football. You just need more. You, 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 need, you, need, you, need, like you need the more. Vikings had fifteen picks. This yeah, year. yeah. Because and this was the year to have fifteen it was a very picks. Deep draft. Like there were guys that were had first round grades going in third round. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Crazy. But 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 to to your point, when you need that franchise changing player, quarterback usually sometimes a D end, sometimes yeah. a left tackle. That's when you have to be ready to lose. And in the NBA, oh, yeah. no, nothing is worse than to be the eighth seed every year. It, it's the absolute worst. Because after after you've been the eighth seed for about three or four years in a row, then you're going to be the worst team in the league. Look at uh, the Grizzlies. You know what I mean? Like because they, they, you're getting the 17th pick in the NBA draft, which typically is not a franchise changing. You have to have somebody who your scout department, scout team really gets in on. Oh, yeah. Maybe an international Like a Kawhi guy. type of that late of a pick. Yeah, Malcolm you know? Brogdon. Yes, you know what I mean? exactly. Like somebody like that. You know, so, I mean, it's just it's different. But, you know – um. Yeah, it's just that's like you said. It, it, the I feel like the Patriots are going to be bad, and it's don't put a bandaid on it. Just roll with what you got. Maybe try to get rid of all your assets. Yes, you know and I mean? load up. Yep. If you, you got know, try, yep. try to get Trevor Lawrence and Kylan Hill in next year's draft, yep. or Trevor Lawrence yep. and a left tackle. If you, you know, but you know, because there's no guarantee on what right. draft's going to next year's draft may be lighter than this yep. year's draft. So but, thoughts on the Bucks? Most explosive offense potentially in the history of the NFL. I yeah. mean, you, you right now you have the best receiving core. You have what a lot of people said, you know, consider the GOAT of quarterback position. Um, they drafted 
considerably well. They took. Uh, I like Bruce Arians, and, he, oh, and he, he, he's a little bit of a wild card. He's a but, players coach, but yes, he's a Renaissance man. <laughs> Wears berets and hornroom glasses. Oh yeah, and he's 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 out there. He's out there, but he he seems to really very, resonate with his players. Very Mike Martz with a personality. Yeah, a hundred percent. And he he he's considered to be an innovative offensive yeah. football coach. So. If right now, if you ask me, I think the Patriots or the Bucks are going to be that. They're going to look a lot like the Rams did two years ago. Lighten up the scoreboard. Don't care how many they give up because you know they can go score any second. I think the two best teams in the NFC. Let me phrase this. I think the three best teams in the NFC are the Niners, the Saints, and the Bucks. Can I throw one more in? Yeah, sure. Vikings. The pick of the NFL draft. Dallas Cowboys, CeeDee Lamb at pick twenty. That's you're right. They 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 just I, they yeah. just went from in my head, and I'm a Dak fan. I am a stand, I'll defend him. Unabashed, biased Dak fan. Yes. But now right. I mean, offensively, they're on par about with the I mean, you got a Mark Cooper on one side, you got CeeDee Lamb in the slot, you got Michael Gallup on at the X, you got the league's best running back, and you've got a top three offensive line. And you, know. you got a good winning, uh, game managing not not a game manager, but a good winning, capable quarterback who yes. can manage a game. Um, yeah, I like them, and I think they might be better off this year because it's not so expected. There's uh, not agreed. so much drama. They got a new yeah. coach. Yep. You know, there isn't the whole Jason Garrett thing 100%. hanging over. So I agree with that. And then you know, did you mention the Saints? Uh, yeah, I think they're gonna be good. <laughs> and you know, things crazy happen when greats retire. Swan songs are funny. You know what I mean? Really, really funny. You know what I mean? Weird things can happen. The expectations on the Bucks will never be higher than they are for 2020. Right. Never. Um, it, it reminds me of a uh, the, the Joe Montana to the Chiefs situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when he was sure. so good. They were awesome. Uh, oh, yeah. But somebody had their number. And I feel like that could be the situation here. Because like, the Bills beat Montana in them, I yes. think. Yes. And I could see this kind of being the thing like, the Bucks are awesome. Everybody's rooting for them. They want to see this happen. But ah, Drew still gets them. You, you know, know I and can this see that is happen. so interesting to me, man. This is the, actually I take that back. Ceedee Lamb was the second best pick in the whole draft. The best pick in the whole, best two picks in the whole draft. Clyde Edwards-Helaire to the Chiefs, who this was so interesting to me. Andy Reid, Hall of Fame coach, now Super Bowl winner, coach Brian Westbrook, mm-hmm. and they asked him the night of the draft on Skype. They said, Andy, does he draw similar comparisons to Brian Westbrook? He said, No, he's better than he's Brian better. Westbrook. That's scary because that offense didn't need Clyde Edwards-Helaire. And then the next pick, they take the most athletic defensive player in the draft in Willie Gay. Willie Gay. They're going to be good. They're going to be so good. good. uh, Yeah, I think he's a 10-year pro if he can stay out of trouble. I agree. And and I don't think he's a troublemaker. But sometimes, but tr- it's he's he's but he's he, made his own bed. He has a past, you know. So I mean, I think he has an aggressive temper. We'll say that. The best thing for Willie Gay is that every single snap, Chris Jones will be lining up right in front. Right. of Right. And he's a state guy, and he can say, "Look, man, you're a Mississippi guy. I'm a Mississippi guy. I've been in this league for six, seven years now. Just follow my lead because I know how to do things right. Just just keep your nose clean, and and we're gonna be fine. We're gonna win championships together. Um, I tell you, a, a move that I loved that didn't even involve a draft pick was uh, Philip Rivers to the Colts. Uh, talking about swan songs, I mean, yeah. I, I, he's just a guy I root for. I don't know why. Uh, he's never been ultimately successful. I think they maybe have made one AFC championship game uh, in his 113 By years accident. as quarterback of the Chargers. But uh, he's just always a consummate pro, you know, and he does things right. You never see him in the news for anything wrong. He's got 110 kids. 
Uh, only thing I don't, the only thing I don't, that, I, that I don't care so much about him is I agree with everything you just said. Never caused a stink. Was very loyal to the Chargers. Yeah, I think he whines a little bit on the field. He does, but but he but does. I also think a lot of players have whined on the field. Peyton did a lot of whining, but I didn't care because he Phillips won. is very noticeable. He has a his he facial has a very expressions. Whiny face. Yes, he does. That's what I'll say. He does. Peyton was more like, a, oh shucks, man. Yeah, you know what I mean. But when he does, when Philip Rivers does, it's oh, yeah. like he does. Oh, he's man. a sh- yeah. And you know, he's he is every defensive player in the league's favorite trash talker because he doesn't curse, refuses to curse. But if you'll actually listen to Philip Rivers' sound bites, it's some of the funniest. Like you'll hear, you know, somebody like uh, like Demarcus Lawrence call him everything under the sun, cuss his mama out, and what he says back in return. It's just like it'll make the other guy laugh. Yeah. But it's almost like a mental. It's right. like I, he it's just like got in his Josh head. Josh Pashner wouldn't cuss at Memphis. Oh, yeah. So people were like, man, you need to tell your player, get his ass on the floor and <laughs> do some shit. <laughs> Josh Pashner was like, golly gee, man. You know, the guy's like, man, get out of here. Anyway, that's no more. That's my Memphis basketball. I saw where uh, Precious Achiuwu declared. Good for him. He should. Good for him. He, he's they, he's a walking billboard for the University of Memphis Agreed. basketball team right now. Um, yeah. You know, they got hurt with Jalen Green not going. No kidding. And you know, and, you know, and then they have this guy Landers Nolly who transfers in from Virginia Tech, and he's going to be the big guy who gets the ball next year a lot. You know, on the wing. Yeah. And then he declares for the NBA draft after he commits to Memphis, and then he withdraws his name. And he might not get the way. There's just a lot going on up there. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. it opens up shot for for Mississippi boy, DJ Jeffries. For sure. I like him. So. He'll be back next year. But, uh, but yeah, you know, what What else you got going on? What's on your agenda? We just talked about the draft. We talked about the Buccaneers. Oh, yeah. There's been a documentary going on on TV <laughs> uh, about this guy, Mike Mike Jordan. Mike. Air Mike. Air, Air Jordan something. I don't know. Number 23 from North Carolina. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Alan how, Parsons brought you. Oh, dude, dude, how awesome is this? I'm, and I'll be honest with you, I'm only I've only seen the first two parts because I can't watch it uh, all the way through on Sundays because I've been busy. Yeah. So I don't watch it in parts. So don't I know the Dennis Rodman episode and Have you seen three and four? I haven't yet? seen three and four, but it's just an amazing story, and it I, is so I good. know a lot about it already. I was deeply entrenched in the Bulls. I'm well read yeah, on the subject, here. like you are. But what's miraculous when you think about it is how much respect. Michael Jordan has for Phil and for Dennis Rodman and how much he treated Scottie Pippen like a little brother. I mean, you know what I mean? It was like, like, I mean, you love your little brother, but sometimes you don't respect your little brother. Oh yeah. And like, he calls him out so much. Oh yeah. And he you says, wait till episode three. Well, I, you know, and I know a little about it, you know what I mean? It's, but like, you know, but it's just crazy to think the things like Mike saying he walked in that room as a rookie and people were doing blow and smoking pot and had women in there. And he, he left and said, I don't need to be in there. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's that's a it takes a heady twenty yeah, two year old. Because all you want to like do that. is fit in. Oh yeah. I mean, all you want to do is fit in. And you know, but like, when I watch it, when I watched one and two, um, people, the woke folks on Twitter, um, and I don't mean to say it that way, but just what I mean by that, they were all t- coming to Scotty's defense. And they were like, you know, um, man, the guy only made $18 million over seven years and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, Scotty kept saying, I got to get mine. I got to get mine. I sat out because they didn't feel like this about me. Mike didn't do that. They put Mike on a minute's restriction, and he looked at his coach and said, play me. Right now. Please. Like, I'll please and play me. he scored 49 and 63 against Yeah, the and like. The, maybe like, the best team of and all And time. that's what I'm saying. Like, here, here's what I'm getting at. Mike never cheated you. Not no. once. Not one time did Michael Jordan ever cheat you. And now, and now Scotty, 
was his own entity. And there's oh, been a, yeah. there's been a lot of players like Scottie Pippen in the history of the league, rightfully so. Sure, get what's yours. But like Jerry Reinsdorf told you, don't sign this contract, and you still signed it. You were worried about longevity. You still made like 105 million dollars in your in your career. And Scotty's fine. Yeah, Scotty's fine. But like, but he kept speaking in a me and a me and a me, and Mike kept speaking in we, and that's the difference. When people say, I agree. When people say, who is the greatest of all time? You know what I mean? Like, I look for the guy that made we better, that made us better. And 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 perfect evidence of that. The Bulls, they they fired Doug Collins. Right. Doug Collins was giving Mike 30 shots a night. Mike was averaging 39 points a game under Doug Collins. Well, here Jay Krause hires Phil Jackson and brings in the triangle offense with Tex Winter. Michael sacrificed – he understood, which is something you could never get a player today to understand. This makes us better. Yep. We're going to free up other guys for shots. Because if I go out and I score 40 points a game, we're going to lose to the Celtics. We're going to lose to the Pistons every single year. He had to become a more efficient player. He had to exploit mismatches. Yes. You know what I mean? That's a big deal in the triangle offense. Oh, yeah. And the funny thing, my dad, used to, he's a basketball coach, and he was always a, sometimes a little too sarcastic. He would always say, you can run the trapezoid offense if you got Michael Jordan out there. You, yeah. can, you, can run yeah. the, you can run this, that, and the other. But the key to it is their spacing on the floor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you put your three best players on the side, and they work. You know what I mean? That's right. That principles of the Princeton offense. Now, it's a little different. There's not back cuts no, and face no cuts back and stuff. Door, but, yeah. but, like, you got Jordan on one side, you got Scotty on one side, and you got a post player in the high post or low post. Sometimes that post player becomes Jordan on the box. They throw it yeah. to him and shoot a fadeaway jumper. But, like, those three spots are interchangeable. There's not a whole lot of movement. It's reading and reacting. When the ball goes yeah. here, I go get it here. And that allows – the best players to be the best player. Because yep. and Jordan even says it in the documentary. He said, you know, like I was I was reluctant to get into the triangle offense because, you know, it's designed to give the ball to the guy that has the best matchup. Mm-hmm. I don't want Bill Cartwright having the ball with five seconds left. He says that it was like yeah. that's so he's so right. Yep. But at the same time he understood what was trying to go on. And there's never if there's anything, especially if you did not grow up in the Jordan era, if there's anything you can take from this there's not a player in any sport who that is that is considered a superstar that it plays harder than Michael Jordan every single second of every game. Yeah. And the thing was he he took games very serious. He took practice very serious. He took the golf course very serious. Everything he did. I think right now is the first time in his life that he's not taking it all so serious. And that's what I love about this is it's, it's, he's actually not much different than you and me. I mean, he's or anybody he's got a little bit of a belly. Yeah. He's drinking whiskey and smoking a cigar. You know, and it, but it's like it's 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 kind of endearing to see him open up about this because you know when he was in the nineties, he's got to keep up appearance for Hanes and Gatorade and McDonald's and you know I mean he can't be this trash talking, whiskey drinking, cigar smoking guy that's cussing on national television like a in country the 90s. music singer. <laughs> you know, I, mean, yes. I got to say something about Mike though. I do have to say something about this. When you watch those old snapshots and films and clips and stuff of him walking around Barcelona and walking around a photo shoot, or that dude wore the coolest, most fit-looking clothes ever. Now he dresses like a clown. Them blue jeans are so baggy. And you notice, too. The fact that he was so fresh, man. Like, I have never seen anybody. Like, his teammates could have on the same thing he does, just maybe in a different color, but they don't look like him. 
And maybe it's just because of how dark his skin is, and he always has that earring and that really bright white, pearly white smile. He's got whiskey eyes, by the way. And and yes, yeah. he's, he's, <laughs> <laughs> I know what whiskey. He's eyes got like, like I just woke up hungover yeah. eyes at all times. All the time. But he just you're you're right, man. He just it was always like stop traffic, and look at Michael. Jordan. He always wore a baseball cap, and it was halfway on his head. Oh yeah, and it looked like I half-ass put this hat on with a flat bill because I. But it was so perfect. I know. The two coolest guys I, really, I remember from my youth were him and King Griffey Jr. Oh, dude. The I thought kid, those two guys, with his baseball backwards, backwards hat. hat he yeah. started the backwards hat. And he's the only one, he should finish it. Yes. Him and Billy Hoyle from White Men Can't Jump. They should be <laughs> the only two guys to wear a backwards hat. Man, I'm, I'm glad. No, this I'm, documentary I'm, is so good. It, it, I am. You know, and it kind of takes me to something else that, speaking of documentaries, that this has been huge for the streaming industry. Oh, my gosh. I mean, like, people are constantly talking about what's on, what's not, what's on, what's on. And, of course, I watched Tiger King. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, man, those people are trash, by the way. Oh, my God. That's the wildest. You know, when I got, when I started, I watched the first episode and said, yeah, this is, you know. And then I watched the second, I was like, oh, so somebody died. Okay. Uh, Now I'm interested a little bit. I suggested it to somebody because I was so busy. I was like, hey, you should watch this. And they watched it, and they were like, Brian, you have got to watch this. Yeah. They're like, you told me to watch this, and you hadn't seen it. You got to watch it. And I watched it. Watched it really fast. The only thing I I've ever too. watched, every, the only thing I've ever watched quicker was probably uh, Stranger Things. Yeah, I I, Stranger yeah. But it just got me thinking, McKinley. There's some real certifiable weirdos out there. <laughs> A card carrying. I mean, like the most normal person in the group was Joe Exotic. I know it sounds crazy. I think it was the Colombian drug lord. Well, I'm talking about of the three. Oh, big, of, the, the, of the main. Of, of Carol oh yeah, and, yeah I mean, Carol and Doc. Yeah. Oh, the and Colombian him. drug lord was. He's all right. He bro. was like he was just your everyday guy that you know works down the road. If yeah. considering the rest and of the, the characters. And the, the, the guy with the guy with the missing legs. Yeah, he was okay, yeah. but I mean, he lived in a trailer and left his wife yeah. like that. Ain't normal. Ex-convict. Yeah, like you know, it was just like man, it was. Yeah, it was just a it was just a crazy story about how he would just go to people and be like, "Hey, you want to." Meth and hang out with my tiger and need marry him and they were not even the same orientation. It was just crazy. I know, but I, the, I know. I, I I tried to ever fathom in what realm that would happen. And you're you're from South Lee County and I'm from South Pontotoc, right? So there are some really unique personalities where we come from, no doubt. And even I don't think it gets that crazy. No, that's you know what I mean. People. But, from Plantersville and Nettleton and Shannon, watch the Tiger King, Springville, Randolph, Troy. Yeah. They watch Tiger King and they go, "Whoa, yeah, these people are nuts." Yeah, you know. So my question to you: What would be the most exotic animal you would own? Like, where would you draw the line? But I mean, I think it's be all right to own this panda. <laughs> the look in your eyes when you said that. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't. I don't think I would ever own anything that could kill me. Right. While I'm sitting on the couch. Just like blow a screw loose and just come attack me and bite my head off. Like I would never own a tiger. I would never own a lion. I for sure wouldn't own a snake. I hate them. Uh, no gators. Nothing Nothing that goes in water. I mean something, you know, I, I think maybe like a monkey or something. Like a, something that like could relate to you a little bit. I was going to say a monkey. I, I would like to. Because like, they're supposed, I mean the primates are the smartest, you know, the next smartest thing in the animal kingdom after humans, you know. So I mean. You make it teach the monkey to turn the laundry over. <laughs> you know, I mean, I couldn't do that with a panda. I'd have to really, really invest in like right. leafy trees. I guess. I think a sloth or a koala. Yeah, I, th- I thought about a koala. A koala or sloth. I'd have to get them clean because they carry a lot of bacteria and yeah. diseases. But 
Yeah. And I'd have to turn my backyard into like a tree haven. Monkey like, sanctuary. Just, yeah. <laughs> and gate it all off. Speaking of that, uh, shout out to the Buffalo Park. I went there the other day for the uh, safari drive through It was really fun. I went on my own, but I went to the safari park in Como with I'm, my, my uh, nurse drivers. I'm going to go there this weekend, I think. And you get to feed. We fed at Buffalo. Oh, did you get to feed at Buffalo? Oh, yeah. See, I didn't know they were doing the it feed. It was new. It was new. They, they're copying Como. They saw what Como did. Oh, they they said, that, so what all did you see? I'm curious. I saw buffalo, zonkeys, birds, you know, emu kind of things. Um, <laughs> what else did I see? Some horses. Yeah. Um, don just donkeys. Yeah. Um, I saw some monkeys in cages. I saw a giraffe. They didn't get to feed yeah. the giraffe. Yeah, they told us the same thing. They said it was too wet. They didn't want them to slip. Yeah, yeah. And they're like muddy. They slip and yep. fall, and they yep. really do damage. Their but it was fun. Legs. Shout out to them for doing that. Um, that was it was a good thing, and it was relatively cheap. Uh, ten bucks. Ten bucks a person. We had uh, two in the car, and then we had a kid under two. So it was uh, it was twenty bucks, and then I bought a couple of cups of feed. Yeah, those I animals see. are not bashful about getting in your car and eating. No, did, did they have ostriches? But they didn't. Yeah, but they they were put in the cage. Dude, the ostriches. I don't like them. Uh, no, I don't either. Like I could show you some of the the video that mm -hmm. we took from our car, and of course I had four right. Filipino nurses with me, so you can imagine they're. I kind of know what's going on. They've never done anything like this. For and I'm sure. like, so just keep your hand flat, like she said, and they'll be like, you know, Mac, why do we got to keep our I'm like because. These ostriches, they like see like the llamas, and the you know those type animals and the alpacas. They come right. up and they like chew out of your hand. They they're soft. The ostriches peck, and Anna, the girl that was in the front seat while I was driving, yeah, she had her bag of feed in her lap, and she had just got through feeding one of the llamas, but she didn't get into the handful. So here comes the ostrich running, and when I say running, he's not like you know fast walking. He is jogging. They they know the drill. The animals know the drill. And she didn't have her hand out. And, I mean, he stuck his neck in the car and started pecking out of that bag. And I had to, like, shoo, you know, shoo, like, and we had to pull up. And I was like, Anna, you can't, I mean, you can't leave your bag right there. Right. These animals know what's going on. Like, so, anyway, every time the ostriches rolled up on us, we, like, they got terrified. It was the funniest thing ever. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> well, before we wrap up, it's about that time, I need to ask you I guess, what are your thoughts going forward for the next few weeks? And, you know, since we've kind of been yeah. in it a little bit further, when do you think things will kind of be back to normal? Um, well, I'm hopeful, specifically for the sake of the nation, for the sake of the world. You know, I'm, I'm ready for this to be over. Uh, from my health perspective, from a personal perspective, I got 18 boys that are really, That's really ready to play about. baseball, man. Yeah. And, and, you know, we – I told all of them, we had a Zoom chat and our assistant coaches, and I've told everybody that asked me, Dalton Middleton's doing an article on us that's coming out this week. And not just us, but Legion in general. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, he asked me, and I just said, man, I, I told those boys I would do whatever I could in my power to get them to be able to have a summer of baseball. And I, and I hope that's the case. But as far as the actual virus itself, man, I, I mean, this may be a little off color of a comment, but I don't want this to be taken that I'm not taking it seriously. But I think that it is be ta it is taken out of context more seriously than it needs to be. Okay. Um, you know, I, I mean, right when I walked into my house today, I cut my TV on. I heard the news. 99-year-old woman dies. And I'm like. That's going to happen anyway. She's 99. Yeah. I mean, she had, what, six years at 
very best left. I mean, it, it's, that's it's probably, the thing. It's probably overextended it by 10 years. Let's you know, real, I mean, whatever. and here's the thing. I, it's, I'm not insensitive to old people. I have an 88-year-old grandmother. I have parents in their 60s. Yeah. I get it. My mom's not leaving the house. She's become a master gardener. Uh, and a know, great tweeter, by the way. And she, she lets you know about it, for sure. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm of the opinion now that if you are sick or if you have low immune or you are underlying health conditions or old, stay at home. Stay home. Everybody else, I think it's time to go back to work. Okay. Because I really do think that over the long haul, up from the risk-reward perspective, I know the outcome of more and more and more and more unemployment. The more people go unemployed, I think that is more damaging to the overall health right. of citizens than yeah. this virus is. I would say I think June 1st. Everything will really begin to kind of and back and, and I think that's a good timeline. And and here's what I would like to say: just I'm in agreement with you on a lot of that. Uh, pretty much everything. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, you, sure. you know, I think herd immunity is going to take over. I do it's, too. It is taking over. But here's my thing: you don't have to agree with everything that the president and the governor say. You don't have to agree with everything that the uh, the mayor of Tupelo says. That's right. We, we, but with that being said, they're all put in a position to do what's best for what they think That's for right. the people of their area. They didn't elect me. They didn't elect you. That's right. We elected these folks. So with that being said, if the president or the governor say something that you that you don't agree with, continue to stay at home and shelter in. That's fine. As long as your yeah. job lets you work from home, hey, do what makes you feel safe. If you're mayor, and I love Jason Shelton, yeah. if he says you should stay at home, but you're an essential employee and you think you should go work, go work. It's America. You have that right. Yeah. But just be, do what you think is best as a person and do not put your beliefs on somebody else without them asking for it. You know what yeah, I mean? The first thing Am I right you in that? Said, you you I mean, are. You're absolutely right. And I, I want to give you credit for this because the first podcast we did through when the coronavirus became a thing, it was right. early mid-March, you said, as we signed off, be kind to other people. Be respectful of what they've got going on because we don't know. Right. That needs to continue. Yeah, it does. More so than anything. Yeah. And, uh, you know, golf clap for you well, for, for recognizing that. Well, because that's go- Golf clap for you for recognizing that I needed to be recognized. <laughs> and golf clap for you for recognizing that I recognize that you needed recognition. So <laughs> We hadn't done an appreciation just, I know. I, know. <laughs> I miss football Friday, man. I, know, I do man. miss that. And I'm hopeful. Um, surely, surely by the end. Hey, Raymond, we're just going to go ahead and throw this out there. If there's no football, let me and Mac and Adam Gore just get together. We're coming every Friday to talk about something. (laughs) We're going to talk about something. We're going to go eat fish. Sell the ads and just cut it on. (laughs) No, I can't wait. I think it's going to be fine. I hate it for all the seniors in high school, you know, but I think right now if there's ever a time for people in positions of power to do the right thing, and when I say that, I mean the NCAA. I mean, local landlords. I mean, do the right thing. Do, do the right thing by mass people, by the large amounts of people. For do sure. the right thing by them. For sure. Well, all right. Well, let's wrap this thing up. You're the best at that. So get, get, let's, <laughs> we uh, only have one other option. It's either me or you. I can't well, but you're, wrap you're, it up. You're the best. <laughs> You'll wrap this up, G. No, but yeah, wrap us up. Uh, so, folks, we appreciate you uh, listening. Uh, we, As always, we're glad to be back on. We'll get you another one out soon as we feel like we Probably can. Probably sometime next week. Yeah, yeah, I would like to think we can. We can recap Last Dance again, if anything, because it's that good. Uh, <laughs> Me and McKinley might start dancing. Who knows? We might take up another hobby. Clogging. I love that commercial, <laughs> by the way. Uh, 
<laughs> but anyway, uh, you can find us on Twitter at The Happening Pod and on Instagram at Happening Pod. We will be linked through Spotify, Stitcher, and Fireside. We will get out to you ASAP. And we'll get it out by Wednesday. By, by Wednesday. <laughs> by Wednesday. And, uh, Which they folks, won't care because they'll hear this on Wednesday. <laughs> that's, that's right. So today, we got it out today to you. <laughs> <laughs> but folks, thanks again for listening. And as always, stay safe, wear your mask, and stay classy, Tupelo. Tupelo.